0: Welcome back to the Made blog and podcast series. I'm Taylor Barkin, and I'm here to talk about all things business, from the good, the bad, the ugly, the tips, the tricks, everything in between, as well as my story of navigating our business as well. I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately because I'm sure as many of you guys know and can relate to, it's been exactly one year since this pandemic started and one year since we had to temporarily shut our doors down. So I wanted to take this episode to walk you through what this last year has been like uh, for us as small business owners. I truly can't believe that it's been an entire year of navigating this chapter, Uh, but here we are a year later. We're still standing and we've been busier than ever. And as I really sat down to think about this past year, I realized just how much we went through. And I want to share what all of that looked like. While the last year has been full of battle after battle, this week is just feeling a little bit extra heavy because it's been exactly one year since we shut down. So there's a lot of thoughts running through my brain about what that time was like at this time last year. I talked in my first podcast episode about how we were able to grow in the pandemic and how that wasn't something we saw coming, but I wanted to take this episode to walk through what this pandemic was like for us and what it felt like to go through all of the motions of that initial shutdown and the last 365 days since then. Uh, At this week last year, we were getting back from a month of traveling and just wrapped up a massive public event in Phoenix, which is absolutely disgusting, thinking back to it now, the amount of people we interacted with less than a week before we shut down. Uh, But in the days that we got back, we knew the virus was something to seriously think about, something to maybe be concerned about, but we weren't really anywhere near shut down just yet, and we never could have predicted What was truly to come. We put our heads down and got back to work once we got back from a month of like recharging traveling which is something we'd never done before. So we got back to work we began processing all of our wholesale orders in our queue which had kind of been piling up for the past few weeks that were all ready to go out and get out the door. We had all the supplies for them we just had to get it all made. And we had a lot of things to tackle that were super fun projects we had on our plate that we were really excited to get back to. Less than two days later, we were ordered to shut down and life really hasn't been the same since. In so many ways, this past year flew by, but in many others, it feels like it's been a whole lifetime. I know we've all been through some type of challenge in this past year, many challenges, I'm sure. And the week of lockdown is one of those times that we're all going to be able to look back on and be like, what was this like for you? doesn't matter who it was on this planet. All of us went through it at some capacity. And it's definitely going to be one of those stories that we walk our grandkids through. I remember my uh, granny was born right before the Great Depression. And I remember being so fascinated By the fact that she lived through one of these insane stamps in history. And this is our insane stamp in history. When the news of the pandemic broke a year ago this week, we were set to launch a collection that we spent three months bringing to life. We were gearing up for our busiest planned year on record. We had our staff in place for summer, and we were ready to absolutely crush the year ahead of us. We felt like everything was planned to the T, and suddenly, overnight, the plans meant literally nothing. Then it all hit. In the matter of three days, we were forced to shut our doors, every order in our queue was canceled, every event that was not only paid for, but was also mostly prepped for, was canceled indefinitely, and we were told that if we even stepped foot in our shop, we would be fined by the city. The day that we had to lock our doors for who knows how long was really surreal. We had one part-time employee at the time and we told her we didn't know when we'd be back. We had no idea what was gonna happen. She gracefully said to us, please don't worry, we're gonna get through this together. I was really grateful in that moment that we didn't have a full staff, that we were gonna have to painfully let go. If we had had a big staff, there would have been no option but to let them go so they could go get unemployment. And just the thought of that broke my heart. So I was grateful we weren't in that position. We locked our doors at the end of that day and were greeted with police sirens rushing through our complex, which is not something we'd ever seen before. We believe now that that was our signal to lock up, get home, stay home. Shutting our doors was so surreal Especially thinking back to that moment now, because we simply just had no idea. We didn't have any clue of truly what was in store and what was to come. While the time was really weird and off, the panic didn't really initially set in because we all thought and hoped it would be temporary. A few weeks in, way past that 14-day lockdown period, we realized this wasn't going to be temporary. It wasn't going to only last 14 days. The 14 days had passed and it was only getting worse. It was going to be prolonged and it was going to be really, really hard. It became pretty apparent that if we didn't do something, we could just be done. Thinking back to this week put such a deep pit in my stomach because the reality was that if we didn't do something, we would, without a doubt, go under. A collapse was inevitable, unless we did something completely drastic, but we didn't know what to do. We have never could have anticipated a time like this happening. We had to get really, really creative because the entire country was on lockdown for the most part. A significant revenue stream for us for the past six years we had been operating was to be at maker's markets and... Selling to retailers who were now also shut down. So how could we possibly survive being locked down? We didn't have an ounce of relief to this day, even. All of our bills were still due in full on their due date, and we had absolutely no way of operating. We felt so stuck, and so much of the world felt incredibly unfair. I know I'm not alone in saying that. <laughs> we definitely weren't alone in feeling this way, but to feel like our livelihoods were on the line was truly heartbreaking. There were definitely times where I just didn't see how we were going to make it. Everything we'd worked for. We thought long and hard about what to do, but like truly had no time to waste. It was complete survival mode. At this time, we were about a month into this lockdown. All of our bills were still due for the time being. And we had probably two months of savings before that would just be it. Because our overhead's high. We've grown a lot in the past few years and we needed the overhead to accommodate that growth. But now being completely shut down and we still have to pay it, that's really stressful. It's never could we have imagined that sales would just completely halt, maybe like a dip in a recession, but never just a full stop with nothing else to do. The future of the next chapter to come was the most terrifying we've ever been faced with. At first, I did all I could do to secure some type of funding. There were a lot of loans and grants out there that were geared to help people like us, or so they said. I spent all of my waking hours trying to secure some type of relief, but so was everybody else. Everybody needed it and my applications went seemingly unnoticed. I still haven't heard a word to this day, almost a year later. It quickly became apparent that me spending all my time doing this wasn't going to get us out of this. It was just pure chance and that chance didn't work out in our favor. It is how a lot of people got out of this pandemic, but that just wasn't going anywhere for us. It's a long story and I'll spare you you of that. So then our next option became pivot or die and that became our motto for months. So now I'm gonna walk you through the main events of the entire last year. I'm sure I'll be missing some things within this story because so much happened. But I want to talk about what stood out as I really sat down to reflect on the past 365 days. To start, we spent three months working on our desert collection. This was the biggest collection we ever put out in our entire history. It consisted of about 10 t-shirt designs, two candles, other various home goods, a big zine that was basically like an anthology of what Tanner was talking about of why he created this entire collection that was a physical book and it was a pack that could be purchased all in a screen printed box and all of this was hand drawn by tanner i mean he took so much time doing the designs for this collection then we went to the phoenix flea to test the designs at one of the biggest markets in the desert area We did our entire lookbook shoot in various desert landscapes between the saguaros, Joshua Tree, Monument Valley. My point here is, as you can imagine, all of this was a lot of work. We were ready. We were geared up after three months of putting all of this together. And about three days after we got back, um, from this trip of doing all the content creation and field testing everything, We were so excited to launch this set of work because it was one that we've been the most proud of. And then lockdown hit, and we questioned if we should even launch it because we didn't even know if we could ship it. But we said, screw it. We've been working on this for three months. It's one of our biggest and most proud sets of work. So we went ahead with the launch anyways. And people showed up, And it was our best single launch date ever. Then we had to go in (laughs) to our shop. We had to literally sneak into our shop, our place of work, to make and ship everything. I don't normally like to break the rules, but it felt safe because it was just Tanner and I. And as long as we didn't get caught, it was all we could do. We were so grateful for this response, but part of why we launched this was to capture... An entirely new market of retail partners, which was all in desert regions, and all of which were now completely shut down. It did well with our direct-to-consumer base, which was awesome, but it was not nearly enough to pay our bills that were still due in full. So then we thought long and hard about what we could do next. We thought about what people were doing and kind of the state of the world and we realized that a lot of people uh, were not only home but maybe trying to disconnect from technology and were bored and needed stuff to do. So that's when we created our stay at home collection. This collection consisted of a coloring book for adults or kids, a greeting card set to write snail mail to people to connect in that way in a cookbook with the favorite recipes that we had and some other fun stuff. We made all of this from scratch in about a week. It was a very intense week. (laughs) And then we found out that one of our local print shops that happened to be our neighbors was also still doing production, which I assume was probably against orders like us, but none of us had any choice because we all still had to pay our bills. So we were able to use them and the supplies that they had on hand to bring this collection to life, launch it in the heat of when people were just completely locked down on their computers often, and it ended up doing quite well. But it was still nowhere close to paying our overhead. So we thought, awesome, we just busted our asses to put this out, but it still doesn't even cover (laughs) what we need to pay our bills for the next month. We are getting exhausted. Then what the hell happens beyond that month when we are still shut down and people aren't buying this anymore? We still had to sneak into our shop to even ship these and to package them up and everything. So after we got through shipping those orders, we kind of got really slow, dead slow again. And in solitude, I sat with a glass of wine and nearly broke down because all of my loan and grant applications were going absolutely nowhere, the world was still very much shut down, and we still had to not only pay our bills in full, but our landlords actually raised our rent on us. The worst part was that they told me if our business went under in the next few months, it was because of my inability to run our business, not related to the pandemic. That was one of the biggest gut punches I've ever received in my life. They had no clue how hard we were working and how hard we have forever fought to grow our business and keep it alive. I wish I was kidding about this, but that's truly what happened. The defeat was really starting to get to me. We were about over a month into this and nowhere near getting out of it. And this was really the darkest point of the pandemic for me. But then the darkest point sparked my aha moment. I thought long and hard again about what it was that people needed and how we could give people what they needed. And then suddenly the idea hit me. I didn't know how we were gonna do it, but I knew we could if we tried. And that was to make face masks. Everybody needed face masks. The CDC was saying that, you know, it was gonna become a mandate, not just recommended, but like everybody would need them. But there were shortages already with healthcare workers and how they were even getting enough PPE just to get through their jobs. So, how were normal consumers going to protect themselves? So I, I looked at Tanner and I said, don't ask questions. Just get a shirt. We're, we're going to try to make a mask. I don't know what this means, but we're going to try it. He didn't ask questions. He grabbed a shirt and we we cut it up and we made a prototype. We knew we had machine a sewing machine and hundreds of defective shirts that had been sitting in boxes for a while because we don't send out defects. And... We also didn't want to just toss them in a landfill, so we just kind of left those sitting there. So we quickly ran to the shop, once again against orders, and made a prototype. We looked at each other and said, holy shit, we have something here. It wasn't perfect, but we tweaked it a few times, probably like three times over the course of two hours. And then I took some pictures of it, and... I had no intention of posting it online, but then a few hours later, I was like, this is genius, and a few hours later, before that night was over, I posted it online, we posted it on our social, and unlike anything we've ever seen before, it blew up. Nobody had anywhere to really buy masks, (laughs) and we were the solution for that. So the next day, we dropped literally everything. It didn't matter what it was, we dropped it, and we got to work and we scaled the manufacturing on this in the best way we knew how. We weren't seamstresses, we hadn't made this product ever before, and suddenly we had hundreds of orders in our queue that we had to figure out how to fill. Like nothing else in life mattered at this time other than making mask after mask and just filling what already came through. We weren't even thinking about the future of what else this could hold. So we thought about it and we realized we had a material that the CDC was recommending, which was um, cotton and cloth. And we were in a position that other seamstresses weren't in because... Most people were using elastic and there were supply shortages on fabrics, elastic, everything. And it was why a lot of people couldn't make as many masks as needed and they're just a laborious process. So the good news was that we had enough material for thousands of masks just at our disposal. But the challenge was, now we have to make every part of this mask out of just this material. So, it took some ingenuity, but we figured it out and felt confident enough with the quality of what it was, with the safety based on the recommended standards. And we knew that it was going to be, you know, laborious, but like we could make these, we could sew them. So, yeah, we had hundreds, which turned into thousands of mask orders within less than a week. And we had to scale an entirely new product um, with a manufacturing process that we had no idea about. We had one sewing machine and it was only the two of us. We then ended up getting featured on the Colorado Mask Project website which is incredible that this even popped up and I give huge props to the people that developed it because it was a way for everyone in Colorado to figure out where they could find a mask to wear. And there were maybe three manufacturers on it when we first got on there and it was hitting every news channel. It was trending everywhere. And it's where every Coloradan basically went to buy a mask. Suddenly the demand was absolutely through the roof and we couldn't keep up. Like there was no way, which is something we've like a position we've never been in before. We've always had... The problem in the past of like our operations are kick ass, but we need more sales. So this was the opposite. (laughs) And when we realized that masks were here to stay for a while, we got to work and just like built a team. We didn't know how, but we figured it out. We reached out to just like our personal networks and our network through our company and uh, we were able to get more machines in house. And we're able to recruit seven remote sewers that were out of work, like some were wedding dress seamstresses, like they couldn't be doing that anymore. So they were happy to jump on the opportunity uh, to help us sew. And we got to the point where we were really catching up and they were all like very skilled seamstresses too. But then as we kept going through it, the exhaustion was some of the worst I've ever felt. People needed masks so fast. We had so much pressure to like deliver these because we had a solution to a really big problem that a lot of other people weren't solving at the time. And there were a million challenges preventing us from scaling this fast and efficiently and all with accuracy. We weren't going to put out a completely shit product. We needed a break so bad, but just like couldn't take one. People had to be protected, like that was the bottom line, like now this was kind of, it was truly like a life or death type of thing, and we felt morally obligated to protect people because we had a solution, but it was defeating us every day. Then we shipped out about a thousand masks, um, and the Colorado Distribution Center for the U.S. Postal Service was shut down because of an outbreak. Every single Colorado package went to another state, hung out there for a while before coming back. People literally accused us of sending it to the wrong address and we didn't understand what was happening because we'd never seen this before. We didn't have the answers because nobody could give us the answers because it was pure chaos. Like everything in the world was complete chaos. Like people bought these masks, we tried to make them as fast as we, at, it was literally as fast as humanly possible. We shipped them out and then everything was getting lost. I had to spend so many hours a day now on customer service because everybody was panicking about something. And I had to do constant damage control, which totally derailed me from running the like operations of sewing and to help just like keep getting the masks out the door. It was something I've never, ever seen before in my life. Then the city came by to inspect our facility, and they were like, why are you here? And we were like, sir, we are making masks. Um, so they gave us a letter deeming us essential so we could at least now operate without the fear of getting fined, and we could get people in our shop, and since our shop is really spacious, uh, we felt comfortable enough doing that. So we are still spending like 14 hours a day sewing and making masks. And once again, prior to this, we never knew how to sew. Tanner spent his time cutting up all of our fabric, running to all of our different sewers who are running their, their operations out of their house uh, to give them fabric and to collect the fabric so we could get them all finished and out the door. And then once we could now work at the shop, uh, we were still kind of doing a lot of our sewing out of our 400-square-foot apartment because we felt like we had to spend every waking hour just like sewing these masks. And that's what we did. And one day our power got cut and I almost lost it. A few months later, we found out that there, every single company on the planet was figuring out how to scale mask manufacturing. And they were becoming easier to find and, you know, it became less of like we needed to do this out of necessity and more of we're just another product on the market. So since we were so defeated and this chapter was really draining with not just like the production and the scaling, but the customer service aspect and constant damage control, we realized that after two months of this, like, we had to prioritize our mental health. We spent two to three months making over 4,000 masks, dealing with constant chaos, and quite frankly, some really, really nasty customers. So we set a cutoff date and never made one more mask beyond that. Like We just couldn't. We made enough money to feel the next few months comfortably and then got to the point where we were seeing normal business come back again. We saw retailers slowly opening their doors back up. They were selling things, so we were able to stock them. So we saw like bits of hope, which was great, but there were still a lot of challenges. One was that our landlord told us we had to get rid rid of one of our biggest labors of love, which was our mobile boutique. We had so much parking on the premise of our shop and for whatever reason, they just didn't want to look at it anymore. So we had a lot of anger surrounding the fact that they would make us do this in the hardest time for business owners in any recent history, especially after that rent hike a month prior. So we had to get rid of our truck at a very low price because we had no other option. So, we once again started to see stores opening back up and have never had more appreciation for simply printing t-shirts to supply them again we were really really happy to see these orders come back not just because we now had real revenue from our normal business again but it meant that they hadn't gone under and they were now busy again and it felt like we were kind of getting out of the woods but we just knew we weren't even Close, by any means. So we tried really really hard to get back to a place of like finding some inner peace and process what the hell just happened but there wasn't much of any time for that. And then it became really clear to us that at this point that our society still had so much work to do in regards to the inequalities and it was really heartbreaking. We knew it wasn't enough to just stand by, but we also didn't have the answers. So we spent a lot of time working on a campaign and self-educating on how we can work towards making the society a better place. We, of course, do not have all the answers, but couldn't ignore all of the inequalities that were happening in our country. So then we spent a lot of time reflecting on the state of the world. And of course, things were feeling really, really heavy and were feeling really draining, but we still had to keep going. Like we're still in the heat of this storm, like it wasn't over. So then we went and created a collection, which was the first of the year that really stemmed from passion. Um, one that, you know, came from a point of passion since the pandemic started. And this was our night and day collection, which was kind of a fun one to develop because it was inspired by the idea that 2020 was so much of a night and day difference compared to any year prior. And this passion poured through this line of work and it really resonated with people. Like it was very much on point with our brand, but the whole idea of the, you know, what inspired it was a lot deeper than that. And when you really create things from a point of passion and intention, it shows, and it did, and it did well. So then we got hit with another random challenge, um, and that was a big legal battle. And this was with Coleman, the big outdoor company that we most of us grew up using outdoors whenever we went camping, ripped off one of our designs. And I discovered it. And like after everything that this year had thrown our way, This was the last thing I wanted to deal with. Fighting a legal battle with a very big company. But we stood our ground. We fought the battle and reconciled with them a few months later. Then even more challenges ensued. We had gotten to the point where a lot of our normal levels of demand were coming back, but now there were mountains of supply issues. So we couldn't fill all the demand coming our way. Like there's apparel shortages because our main supplier also had to shut down and then made masks for months. And um, we had problems with candle tins, like everything. And it became like constant patrol to like snag supplies the second they came back before everybody else came in and did it first. So then... Many months later, we're at the point of prepping for the holidays. Every year prior to this, we put pretty much all of our money into building up our inventory, which also usually puts us into kind of like a healthy amount of debt to bulk up the supply um, in the fall to meet our holiday demand. And every year prior, it's felt like a risk, but every year it's been well worth it for us to do it this way because we could be prepared and then just focus on selling in the holidays. So this year was different. We didn't have events. We didn't know how spending habits would be, like are people on a budget? We just had no idea. And we didn't know how our retailers would fare either. So we had a lot of supplies on hand. We bought like what we felt comfortable with because we also didn't want to blow it and just like totally shoot ourselves in the foot Uh, so we had a lot of supplies but we didn't make a lot of things because we just had no way of planning so what ended up happening is that we underproduced our wholesalers all underbought for the holiday season and the demand for everybody was through the roof we were floored and so happy but it became once again a mad dash to get everything made and produced to meet the holiday demand we had retailers every day asking us to ship their massive orders as soon as freaking possible because their shelves were empty and they needed to stock them. And I totally understood where all of them were coming from. And I wa- did want to see them succeed and make as much money as possible in this time frame if the demand was there for them because they've been shut down too for nine months and um, so we, we hustled and we made it happen, and we got everything out to them as soon as we could. And it was exhilarating in a way to see all this demand there and to be there to, to help make it happen, but it was also another chapter of just like pure exhaustion. And we didn't have much of a staff because we didn't know, like A, if we could financially prepare for this, Because we didn't know what the beginning of the year was going to be like. And we didn't want to have to lay anybody off. And B, like we're still fighting a virus that is at its worst peak. And we had to do all that we could to protect ourselves so that we could steer this ship out of this pandemic. And all of this fell on us and our small team. And truly like bless them for working as hard as they did us to get through this because we did we did it and that felt amazing and then the orders didn't stop until Christmas day even wholesale orders which when we taper off in November uh, still were coming in but because nobody could plan they just kept ordering and ordering and we basically celebrated Christmas by having like <laughs> a very basic catered dinner and getting back to work the next day because this demand still wasn't tapering off and typically, every year we work like mad until Christmas and then see a huge halt. So, we were expecting that, and then it never happened. We embraced every second of it because we were so grateful to be busy, but like mentally, we were assuming that we would get a big break after <laughs> all of what 2020 was um, to just like process. And we didn't end up having a singular day off. And then when we realized things were continuing to move forward in the ways that we needed we decided to expand our permanent team which brings us to present day one of our biggest priorities going into this next year is how do we keep growing but also keep prioritizing our mental health because we broke pretty much every rule we set for ourselves last year to like you know run efficiently and have time off and things like that and we didn't get that so now getting an amazing team in place is allowing us to step out of all of these deep weeds by truly getting help on the production and fulfillment front and also having this team is allowing us to be closed on Fridays which is awesome so that we can have days adventuring in our new Airstream which we're super excited about and because the team is so awesome and efficient, we're able to get everything accomplished in a four-day working period so that we can take this time and find that level of like inner peace by maintaining our mental health and not working in that 24-7 survival state, which is a nice place to be. And while I feel like we are in a much brighter place, especially considering where we were, I still just have like this lingering feeling of fear that we'll still be hit with like a complete halt again. And I think part of that is because it was so traumatic to go through. And my guard is constantly up because I just don't know like if we'd have it in us to go through a fight like that again and it's truly hard to believe it's been a year like an entire year to feel like we're back to a semi-normal level of operating things are still a lot different and we still um have a lot of ongoing challenges but at least we aren't in full panic in survival mode every day now we have a lot of fun things to look forward to but like i said there's still a lot of challenges a year later we're dealing with a lot of supply issues still and i think we will for a long time because everybody is still playing catch up um we're still seeing shipping delays it's leveled out a lot but we're still seeing problems at some capacity the beginning was horrible but luckily we're getting to a better place with that and then health is still a concern like until we're able to get vaccinated like, which will probably be a while because we are in the lowest priority class to have that happen. Um, we're going to be on guard because we have a team to protect, we have ourselves to protect, and that's something that's remained really important to us. And to go a whole year without getting sick, we would be really mad at ourselves if we let our guard down and saw something bad happen. I give like Tanner. Or I were to go out, like, it would prevent us from doing what we have to do to, like, get out of this still. And even worse, like, if we infect our team because of a dumb choice, we'd not only feel horrible, but, like, couldn't keep operating or, like, keep going. Then another challenge is we're seeing rising rents and bills. Like, after spending a year of fighting to just stay afloat, to just, like, Be here to deal with that level of defeat on top of this has been really hard. Like, our rent has risen about four times since last March. And I've been laughed at for even saying that this has been a hard time on small business. Like, in some ways, I've been attempted to be gaslit into believing that if we didn't make it out of this pandemic, it would be because of my own inability to run our business. And that was like a hurtful feeling. We still can't do most of what we did in a pre-COVID world. We used to spend so much time physically out in the community, and that has and will continue to be gone for a long time. I do aim to be an optimistic person that doesn't give up, and I genuinely felt like everything could be gone. And I was bracing myself for that, but wasn't going to stop fighting, and now I look to the future with optimism, but I still do have that level of fear, because what does the future economy hold? What does the future hold with this virus? Like, we don't know. Like, I want to believe that things are going to continue to get brighter, but the reality is we just don't know. And I think a lot of people don't understand, like, the challenges that small businesses are still navigating. But it'll be a long time before we aren't dealing with these. And I know part of that is just natural part of being a business owner. But toss a pandemic in there and it's hard stuff. So my goal and hope is to have this podcast episode be the last one where I talk heavily about the pandemic. Because I'm hopeful that we're actually finally returning to that level of normalcy. I think many of us had false hope for the past year that we would return to a normal level faster than we ever truly did, but I do finally feel like we are climbing out of the worst of it. I do fear an economic collapse in the country, but the reality is that we don't know what we don't know. We don't want to be dumb and ignorant on that front, but would also love to get to a point of not having constant fear about what's going to happen next. We don't have a safety net to catch us, so in so many ways we're hanging on for dear life on the side of a mountain, hoping we can just like keep climbing to that peak. And I know we're gonna continue to see challenges for months and probably even years to come, but I'm truly hopeful that the worst of it is behind us. I'm seeing this as a point in time to really reflect, see how far we've come in this past year, and move forward. The goal for the next 365 days is to keep crushing it, to keep growing, but also building a lot of time in for self-care. In many ways, it feels like we have a lot of maintenance to do to stay happy, healthy, and positive, because the last year was kind of traumatic in a lot of ways. And we're now just kind of getting to the point where we can process everything. So now that we're able to process everything, it feels pretty heavy, to be honest, but I'm really ready to close the door on the last year and get back to that place of doing what we do because we, we love it and, to feel like, and I feel like we can finally get back to that place. So that's where I'm going to leave it, and cheers to a brighter uh, month of March and beyond.